begins its 27th year in January 2024. Find out our latest news at newsforthesoul.com. Next on News for the Soul, learn intuitive skills with Tina. Tina Zion is a fourth-generation intuitive medium, an internationally known expert, in medical intuition and mediumship. As an award-winning author and instructor, she teaches medical intuition and mediumship skills to students around the world. And now she's here to teach you on News for the Soul. Please welcome Tina Zion back to News for the Soul. So actually, it's not welcome back today. It's welcome for the first time. This is the introduction show. Tina, welcome to News for the Soul. Well, thank you so much. I'm tickled to be here. Yay. (laughs) I'm looking forward (laughs) to getting to know you this hour. We always start with the News for the Soul famous first question because it's the place that connects us as a community and movement that's now in in its 27th year of our honest-to-gosh quest of trying Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. discover what's really real and what's really possible. So the famous first question is about... um, Experiences outside the 3D norm. Um, I had uh, a lot of those right from, um, well, from as early as I can recall um, in my life. And and I know that they changed my life and changed the path and awareness levels of uh, my path Mm -hmm. and where I was going in life. Thus, we're here (laughs) on News for the Soul, which was uh, was apparently what I was supposed to create uh, to explore this with people around the world. I'm curious what your earliest recollection might be of something uh, experiencing or seeing something outside the 3D norm that we were told was uh, what was actually possible. Hmm. Well, I actually, I just remembered this not too long ago, but when uh, we lived in this particular house, and I was uh, oh, about five years old, six years old, that there uh, were spirit people in my bedroom, and one of them, uh, in fact, it was an older male, actually uh, kept coming in and pushing himself into my back. And as a little tiny kid, you know, five years old, I felt like I was going to blow up. I felt like a, a, what do I say, an overinflated balloon. And then... um, then he would just kind of pass on through, and oh, a few days later it would happen again. And then I realized that I saw uh, spirit people, and I usually thought that they were, you know, in the physical. So that began um, my experiences. And the other thing that I would say is my family. Actually, before you go to the uh, next thing, let's talk about uh-huh. that thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so. This male spirit in particular, did you get any detail around anything about him? No, not at all, except uh, his, you know, I was five years old. I felt how massive he was. 
Um, you know, as a grown man, even in spirit, he felt very massive, and he didn't feel like he was harming me. It was just uh, very, very uncomfortable, is how I would say it. Mm. Interesting. And was he trying to, like, come in your body, like, when you say pushing into your back? Yes, he yes he would come completely into my body, which is why wow. I felt um, like a giant balloon, you know, overinflated. Huh. This is a new one. I haven't heard this one before. That's I know, isn't that that's strange? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you didn't feel negative energy around it too much. No, I didn't feel like he was, you know. Um, trying to be inappropriate. Uh, it's more like he was just trying to experience uh, aliveness again, something like that. He never talked mm. to me uh, at all. He just would just all of a sudden just come into my physical body uh, and just hang out for a little bit. And then wow. he would uh, he would uh, kind of lift upward and out. Do you, um, did it happen more than one time? Oh, yes, yeah, it happened frequently. It happened a lot. In fact, even wow. uh, after we moved to another house, uh, he, followed, he must have followed us because uh, he would do the same thing. And as I got a little bit older, what this is kind of the neat part for everybody to hear, I, you know, had enough ego strength and I was old enough I told him to knock it off, and that he couldn't he couldn't come into my body wow. anymore. And by gosh, he didn't. That's incredible, actually. How long do you think overall it was he was hanging out? Mm, I would. Mm, that's a good question. Uh, I would say years. I would say probably five wow. or five to eight years, something like that. And see, as I got to be more of a teen or a preteen, um, I just had enough, and I told him to, to stop it, knock it off. And by guys, she did. And that was my first clue that spirit people will actually do what we tell them to do if we mean it. We have to mean mm. it. Yeah, we have some, we are in charge of our boundaries more than we think and all of that. That's incredible. Yes. Yeah. That's a really unusual one. Wow. It was, was that the only one that did that with you, like sort of invasive, weird thing? Mm-hmm. It always felt like the same uh, the same man, yes, yes. Wow. And when you saw the other um, spirits, like how sort of real did they look and were they kind of opaque or just like other people? And how did you know they were spirits if they weren't opaque? Mm. Usually, I would be able to uh, see through them, so they were a bit transparent. Um, the right. ones who have, yeah, the ones who have crossed over tend to be more transparent, and the ones who are, um, you know, hanging around here on Earth tend to be more dense. Um, and but I could always tell because of that. Um, you could kind of see through them and see what was on the other side of them. Right, right. And but you you mentioned that afraid or 
I, no, you know, I never was. And I, I thought about that a lot. And I think it's just because I was so young that it became uh, quite normal. As the only thing I can I can figure out that in my family expected um, people to expected the family to um, see and interact with deceased people. Did they, how was your uh, upbringing around this stuff? Did, were they really open to? Was your, were your parents really open to these things existing? Mm-hmm. Yes. In fact, it was it was considered normal. We were expected to be intuitive, and we expected, you know, we were expected to know who was calling on the phone before we picked up, you know, back then before cell phones, and it was expected that we perceive uh, deceased, especially family members. Um, we were expected; it wasn't a surprise. We never had any classes. It was just an expectation. It was in a really. I realize now how normalized. They made it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah very which normal. probably explains why you weren't afraid much. Because uh, that's quite mm-hmm. unusual. Most people got shut down, you know, from all sides, right, when they were young and oh, growing terribly. up and stuff. Yes, yeah. terribly shut down. Uh, they, they're told they're making it up, they, you know, to knock it off, stop it, you know, things like that. Yeah, that's the norm. It's interesting, though, um, the other pattern I see by asking this question to everyone who joins us here, <laughs> you get to compare notes, right? And um, mm-hmm. around puberty, which is when you sort of established boundaries and got that guy to take a hike, um, that seems to be where we step into uh, uh, into it more um, or things go a little more crazy around that time of puberty. Did you see other things happening, changing around that time when you kind of stepped into your boundaries a little bit? Hmm. Well, I wasn't uh, invaded upon uh, anymore, uh, but I would, as I got older, I would roam around. We lived on a farm, and I would roam around at night, in the middle of the night, um, and I would see a deceased farmer out behind the barn, and and uh, the animals were talking to me and things like that. So um, I, I had to... Um, that was kind of in the in the early teens when I was out roaming around and just thought it was very natural. I realize it probably wasn't now, but yeah. well, which one's natural, right? <laughs> that one or the one mm-hmm. we're told. Um, <laughs> uh, and the fact that you're on a farm and in nature probably uh, played a part. I'm assuming. Did you ever get that sense? Very much so. Yes, because. Um, I was very isolated. I had a brother and sister, but I was the oldest, and uh, you know we didn't have any neighbors and things like that. So uh, I had much more time to notice the non-physical. I think is really what happened there. Yeah. So when did things develop from there? As you're, you're you've grown up, you've been connected. How did what happened sort of next? Significant. Um, around the unseen for you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Well, I always perceived spirit people around living people. And I'm a a nurse, a psychiatric nurse specialist and mental health counselor. And 
So oftentimes I would uh, perceive a deceased person uh, walk in at the same time my living client would walk in, you know, for a counseling session. And uh, oftentimes that person, the deceased person, um, was didn't mean to do any harm, but was uh, oh, causing some conflicts or harm, you know, for uh, the living client. And so I, you know, was always aware of those things. And then I started teaching Reiki a lot. And that's when the medical part came in, that I was suddenly looking inside of people's bodies. So that's kind of how that transitioned into mediumship and intuition and then really became medical intuition was I was just very spontaneously uh, seen inside of people's bodies, uh, even though I didn't need well, did to. You say that you, did, you, did you say you were a psychiatric nurse before that? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Like mainstream, like the kind of psychiatric nurse that thinks all this stuff is delusion and mental illness? <laughs> that kind? Uh, yes. <laughs> Yes, you I got was undercover. Apparently, how did how did you get over there, and how did you know not to? Uh, what happened there? <laughs> you hung a left somewhere on me here. <laughs> well, boy, that's a good question. Um, to me, it was so natural, but uh, early on, I realized it wasn't natural for everyone. So, you know, I kind of learned to keep my mouth closed about it, but. I would see, oh, like someone who is, I used to work literally in uh, psychiatric units in the hospital. And so very, very, very uh, mentally ill and disturbed people would be our patients. And uh, frequently I would see, um, you know, like a schizophrenic person that they had multiple entities, uh, multiple uh, deceased people bothering them. Um, but, you know, I learned by then, my goodness, I was um, in tw- my 20s and 30s and realized that, um, you know, that it, I couldn't go there in that environment. Yeah. Yeah. What drew you to that line of work in the first place? Hmm. I was always, always interested in um, people's mental states. I was always interested in that. And when uh, somebody suggested, why don't I go to um, to um, nursing school, I thought, oh, wait a minute, this would be a quick way to get into, um, you know, the, the mental health field. Uh, I was never really that interested in the physical, uh, medical, you know, field of it. And uh, because I love talking to people, I, I just love listening to their stories and their struggles. So it's just kind of a natural mm-hmm. transition, I guess. Yeah, it makes sense when you put it in that context, you know, doing what you do now. So, yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm mm-hmm. curious, though, when you were especially working, uh, you know, in uh, mental health realms and the, like the hospitals and stuff, because um, we've, you know, we're marked over the years many times, like <laughs> how many people there are, are having real experiences and they're told they're delusions and being drugged. You know, did, did you ever get a sense of that when you were there? Oh, frequently. 
you know, and the, the physical world uh, would often be, especially the medical world, would be so uh, limited in their, in their viewpoint that they would always think people were psychotic. Sometimes people were very, very, very disturbed. But, that would be, but it was common um, for them to try to medicate, you know, all this away for people. Yeah. Yeah. So as you, how did you describe or discover Reiki? How did that come into your path? Hmm. I was at a woman's conference with a, a few other friends of mine and somebody said, you know, and there were breakout sessions to learn things. And one of my friends said, well, let's take this Reiki. And I said, well, I don't know what it is. What is it? And they said, well, I don't know. It's some sort of energy medicine or energy work or something like that. And so the, I don't know, I think there were four of us, uh, went uh, into um, that class and uh, we actually were taught the first level of Reiki and given the attunement and and uh, off I went with that and I, you know, finished the other uh, levels of Reiki and I was, I started to include that in my counseling. See, I was in private practice after I left the hospital. I was in private practice for, for counseling. And I started uh, offering Reiki, and people loved it. And while I was doing Reiki, I started picking up, oh, people's spirit guides. And I could, you know, suddenly look inside of people. And so I finally got brave enough, and I asked people, uh, the clients, I said, you know, when the Reiki session, when we're done here, I received some intuitive information. Would you like to, and I was scared to death, and I said, would you like to hear about it? And, oh, I'm telling you, I want everybody that's listening to this to realize no one said no. Everybody just lit up and was so excited and they were so happy. And so I would have them sit down and I would just tell them whatever I noticed inside of their body or a deceased uh, family member that came in or sometimes an angel would come in and give a message. And, and people love that. And then I started drawing pictures for them too to show how their energy field looked like before the Reiki session and how the, you know, the energy field uh, became more colorful and more beautiful during, you know, during and after the Reiki. And I, I would recommend that to, um, to the listeners, too, to, if you're receiving this information, draw, draw a picture for people because then they then hand it to them because then they've got something concrete to, you know, to take home with them. Hmm. So, you know, we started with our famous first question. Let's carry that one on to the the second stage, as you're discovering these things, I mean, you must have been having some profound um, new experiences that you didn't know were previously were possible. Do you remember any specific instances that just wowed you? You know, where you know it's real. <laughs> well, people started um, validating what I would receive. I would pick up just, you know, like um, vitamin D, D is dog. I would uh, suddenly hear that in my mind, and so I would tell the client, uh, boy, I'm getting that your vitamin D is too low. And they'd look shocked, and they said they would have a, you know, they had a lab test 
two or three weeks ago, and it showed that. Uh, so people will just naturally validate for you what what we pick up. And the first thing, though, the very first thing I ever spontaneously looked into a body, I couldn't figure out what was even happening. And I looked around, and, you know, I still had my hands on the client and was giving them Reiki, but I was seeing all these things in my mind's eye. And I thought, where am I in this person's body? And I was in their colon. And that was actually my, my very first experience. And uh, she was an, an elderly Catholic nun, bless her heart. Um, I'm not sure how it is she came to see me. Uh, but uh, I followed her around, and I realized I was zooming. I felt like I was in a little spaceship zooming all, all around through her colon. And I came across uh, a group of, of polyps that were black and looked terrible. And so we intuitives, if we're not um, licensed to diagnose, we, we, what we can do is describe and describe and describe. So I described that she had uh, a lumpy area that was really dark in color, didn't look you know, like it was flowing, and I just said those kind of descriptive words, and I asked her to please, 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 because I was, you know, I am a nurse too, and so I knew it was cancer, but I, I didn't say cancer to her, and I asked her if she would call her doctor that afternoon and, and get a colonoscopy, and bless her heart, she did, and she, uh, they found the polyps right where I had drawn the picture for her. So what I tell people wow. is, this, yeah, this validation will just come naturally, um, you know, and it'll really boost people up to realize how real this is. You've got lab tests, you have x-rays, you have ultrasounds that will confirm uh, these, these things that we receive. Wow, that's amazing. That was your first experience of that um sort of uh, validation of that nature? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the very first one. It was, In fact, it was the very first time I was suddenly looking inside of somebody. And wow. then she, bless her heart, she told me afterwards, she said, and I showed that picture to my doctor that you drew. I go, oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> she goes, yes, I did. And, and she said, and that's exactly where he found cancerous polyps. And he says, I'm fine now, because <laughs> he had, to, had them removed. Wow. Well, that's wonderful. That's a brilliant story. What other validation ones like that have you experienced? Oh, my goodness. Uh, all kinds of things. Um, I have witnessed um, stones in gallbladders, uh, any kind of physical thing, um, someone's thyroid that isn't functioning well. And it has a lot to do with the the color of things, too. So I, I teach a lot about uh, noticing colors and the shades of color that we perceive when we're working with somebody. And so, you know, so like a pancreas, uh, it will be all dim. It will be some darkness around it and not as bright as the other organs. <clears throat> and it, I will tell people that 
and they'll say, oh, yes, I have, you know, diabetes, and I already know, you know, that I'm struggling with my pancreas. So I find that a lot. Um, I uh, found oh, someone, uh, I told someone that their toe was broken, and she, she said, oh, well, I, I hit it really hard, but, you know, it's not broken. And then she got back with me, and she said that she finally got an x-ray, and it was broken right where, right where I said it was. So, yeah, so there's, it's, the validation will just come so naturally to people. If, you know, if people wonder if they're accurate or not, you know, your clients will tell you. Wow. That's amazing. So are, is this, um, I know that we're talking about teaching uh, in your show, but is this something that you're still actively doing, these sessions? No, I was, um, I became... Um, so busy uh, teaching people how to do this. And one of my goals for um, my new show here is for people to realize how just as powerful you are as as I apparently sound like I am, that w- this is a very, very natural ability that we have. And, you know, it's, my goal is to help people realize their own power and their own abilities. And I tell everybody that everybody is a natural, natural intuitive, and everybody is a natural medium. It's really just a matter of noticing, I think, in different ways. Hmm. It's um, it's funny because I, I was the reason I asked that last question was my upstairs team was saying, ask about a demo, <laughs> but um. I'll put that out there anyway. Uh, did you want to do a mini demo uh, session with me on the air here? Um, yes, I sure can. Yeah, I I sure will. So, All right. If, what would we need to okay. do to, to pull that well, off? Well, I want to make sure that you are you are giving me permission and not the the staff yeah. that uh, is saying yeah. that. <laughs> and that's one of the things I would uh would really focus on for people is with this ability not to um, misuse it and to be very, very cautious and very ethical. So I, you know, I teach that quite a bit. So, so anyway, so if you give me permission and I'll take a, a minute here for me to uh, kind of adjust from thinking and talking yeah. to uh, <laughs> Checking you out, and if you would, your job on your end is just to feel very, very open, and just allow. See, it has a lot to do with allowing. All right. You have a really uh, large beam of light coming up through the the entire center of your body. And then there's also, uh, you almost look like a, a glowing cross. Um, and, and I feel your heart, your heart has a great deal of energy. I could be saying that to anybody, but I'm telling you uh, really what I'm getting. And I felt your heart uh, actually flutter around a little bit. Uh, I don't know if uh, it's excitement or... <laughs> Pardon? Is that a good thing? What kind of fluttering? <laughs> oh, well, it did feel like a fluttering. 
that you feel very, very excited about this. And the fact that you are glowing um, in the shape of a cross tells me how important your show is, how important uh, this is for you to have people out there, uh, you know, helping each other. And that news for the soul is, that title is one of the reasons, you know, that uh, I thought I would... um, actually have a show on, on the station uh, with you. So so that's going on. Um, hold on just a second. <clears throat> the fluttering, by the way, to answer your question, uh, is uh, excitement. You seem a little tired. Uh, the top of your head... Uh, is not as bright as uh, the rest of you, so you uh, feel a bit tired to me. Uh, Feels like you've... Okay, thank you for that validation. Um, It feels like uh, you've been traveling a bit. I'm seeing you traveling just uh, somewhat. Interdimensionally. Pardon? Interdimensionally. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes. (laughs) I'm fascinated that, uh, and by the cross, I'm not um, suggesting uh, the the Christian cross. What I'm suggesting is uh, the, the beam of light, the vertical and horizontal beam of light, crosses uh, you right in your heart center. So that tells Mm. me that you have a a big, big heart for this and for this level of work. Um, And I have to keep saying that because my guides keep saying that. Now, hold on, please. There's just one other thing they want me to to, uh, check out. <laughs> they're showing me your belly button, but I think it's because I see that you do belly dancing. Is, is what I'm, uh, what I'm chuckling a very about. Very belly button ring on. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That'll> be distracting. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's very funny. That's cute. Um, your in, um, intestines are a bit sluggish, so mm-hmm. yeah. I would. Mm-hmm. Now, the, how I, the reason I say that is I'm pulled down to um, your intestinal area, and it's not as bright as, um, you know, the, the rest of your body that I'm describing. So it's a bit sluggish. Um, more fiber, probiotics would help you. Um, Intestines are often about, see, every part of our body is connected with thoughts and emotions. So thoughts and emotions are underneath everything going on, basically. And there's just, and when I say this, just notice whatever pops into your mind, and you certainly don't need to say it out loud. Um, There's a bit of holding on to um, uh, an old issue in life. And just see whatever pops up in your mind about that. Just kind of holding on. Something's not resolved. 
And so that's uh, creating a, a sluggishness in your intestines. So, yeah, I can relate to that. Good, good. So, so I hope that's a, a good demonstration for everybody. I hope. Very neat. And I'm also fascinated by this cross of light thing. Very cool. It's very prominent. I mean, I can hardly see the rest of you because you're so bright. And, you know, that really tells me, especially where it crosses, uh, you know, vertically like a like a Christian cross, although it's not, that's not what I'm getting. Uh, what this right. is about is it's your heart center is so big. Um, and it's like shooting out through your arms and your hands. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was quite lovely, actually. Oh, and the color, let me mention the color. It's um, like a a, a bright uh, golden yellow. Mm. So it's a very, um, very high order. It's funny, when you mentioned it, um, I got a visual when you said you saw it. That's what I saw, too, when you were describing it. Interesting. Yeah, see, well, see, that's that validation that you just gave me. So thank you, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for the impromptu, <laughs> unplanned <laughs> mini session. Yeah. Um, hey, well, you're welcome. Very neat. <laughs> yeah, so um, as you were saying, you, you had a lot of, uh, you got very busy. So how long did that mm-hmm. take to, to, to happen? And, and how were you steered towards teaching? Mm. You have the best questions. My goodness. Well, when I was doing all this counseling and um, Reiki sessions, and I was in private practice by then, I was not working at the hospital. So, you know, I did have to get out of that environment. Oh, after mm. about 13 years, because it was so um, limited. People needed, you know, some people needed to be there, but. It was a, a limited perspective from what I was aware of. And so I um, realized after a while in private practice that I was um, just kind of naturally teaching people how um, powerful they are, how able they are. And I realized more and more that I was teaching. and. Uh, I thought, and I was doing Reiki then, so I thought, i got to write a book. So I wrote a book about Reiki, the Reiki Teacher's Manual. And uh, then I wrote another Reiki book about uh, Reiki and their intuition to combine those two together. And I realized uh, that I was teaching more and more. And here locally I was teaching uh, meditation. I was doing uh, little courses at our local um, metaphysical bookstore. So the teaching uh, just began, and I, I love it. I just love it. Just a natural progression. Apparently, yes. I, I realized that I was doing more t- teaching to show people how to do these things for themselves. And that's really what led uh, to you know all of my five books. And then I've uh, taught all over, all over the world and... Uh, people are doing this, you know, because it's natural. It's not only a, I always tell people it's not a gift that only a few people have. So that's my goal in life is to help people realize that 
This isn't a special gift. We can all do it if we want. Well, it's it's logical. I mean, look how many more people you've helped than just by, you know, a single practice, right? So it's, that's huge. Yes. Amazing. Yes, absolutely. Yes, and I, I love it when people go out and do this for other people. That's even better. So on that note, what do you perceive doing for future shows? Hmm. Well, my hope is, is to begin with what intuition really is, uh, what medical intuition really is, and mediumship, really really those three focuses, <clears throat> and to um, at first tell people and help them to see what's getting in their way because there are there are kind of some common things that get in the way that people are are just assume they cannot do this but and yet they're yearning so i would ask people to notice what you're yearning for uh, are you yearning to uh speak with spirit are you yearning to uh, be more and more intuitive and so um you know i really plan to give very very uh detailed information and also to experience something. So I hope people would want to, you know, do have an experience uh, with each of my shows to really put this into action. I don't want to just jabber about it, you know, every every um, month, but to actually uh, help people put this into action. So um, can you explain more what kind of uh, interaction you're looking at? Hmm. Well, uh, yes, how to notice uh, intuition. Oh, so, for example, I uh, have come up with uh, really 18 pathways that the universe speaks to us. Uh, you know, the, the world around us is a living being, and it is communicating with us constantly. It's just simply a matter of noticing it. So I came up with uh, 18 pathways that the just the world around us is uh, speaking to us. And I've uh, noticed, too, that I love to talk about some contro- <laughs> some controversial uh, topics with intuition. Uh, so, you know, I um, want to teach people what very specifically helped me to be uh, as intuitive as I apparently am, uh, and I want to really point out those those details and how to do this and uh, be accurate and how to, how to live with one foot in the physical and one foot in the non-physical at the exact same time. I like to describe it that way. Well, which we're, we're apparently doing. What kind of uh, controversy are we talking here? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> sounds fun. <laughs> Uh, well, there's, um, for one thing, um, I'm going to talk about, uh, and a, a lot of people are very aware of energetic cords. And so I uh, tell people wherever I'm teaching in different countries in the world, uh, I'm running around all over the world trying to get people to stop cutting cords because a lot of energy workers are cutting cords and the Cutting cords is not healing a cord. It's just chopping an energetic cord into a couple of pieces, I guess. 
So, you know, that's one thing I want to talk about and explain why and and how to um, heal a negative cord. And, and we all have cords, and a lot of our cords are, are very positive. You know, if we have a good relationship with people, well, that's we energetically uh, have very positive cords with them. And so I talk about... Uh, not working with just any old being that says that they are a, a guide. I um, want to teach people how to be more discerning about who in the heck you're working with as a spirit guide, and that's mm. uh, quite controversial, people keep telling me. And um, meditation I think it's uh, is... <laughs> the what? I think it's more sensible than controversial. Well, yes, yes, that's about, well, but people, yeah, but I've been told that um, that it's a lot of people think it's controversial, yeah. And another thing, let's see, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, meditation. Uh, I meditate and I taught meditation for about ten years, but meditation is really not, in my humble opinion, a requirement to be spiritual. So I talk about that and. All kinds of things like that. Mm-hmm. And we're definitely on the same page with a lot of this stuff. Love it. Oh, um, good. Are you planning on having uh, guests on? Yes, I thought I, I would. I thought I would have um, some of uh, my students, actually, that have mentored with me for quite some time. Ooh. And I, yeah, and I send clients to them. Um, because I'm not doing readings and healings anymore because of teaching so much. Uh, so I thought that might be um, interesting uh, to have, you know, someone who's worked with me for a while. Uh, so I had that in mind. Excellent. Any uh, open lines interaction? Like if a lot of people are going to want to call in for healings and readings, that's, that's a given, right? So if you're having your students on, are they going to do that? Or are, are you at some point open to that um, during the shows? Um, I w- would hope that people would want to ask questions. I would love that uh, in how they can start uh, doing readings for other people. But, yes, I could ask, um, you know, my students, too, who've mentored with me for ages, um, I sure can ask them if they'd be open to it too. So, but I do like that interaction. I love it. I love it to people would ask questions and things. I love that. So I'm just keeping one eyeball on the time. It's just zipping along as it does here. Um, give us a whole overview of what it is you're you're doing present day. What you're offering and what's what what your whole um, focus is these days. Hmm. Well, um, right now I am uh, in the midst of writing uh, book number six, and it's going to be very uh, directly about mediumship and some different ways of looking at being a medium uh, for the deceased. So I'm in the throes of writing that book, and my... um, you already mentioned my two books for Reiki, and then my other three books, two of them are to be a practitioner for medical intuition, and then the other medical intuitive book is about doing 
medical intuition for yourself because what I'm finding is um, we healers are often very, very ill because we're not taking care of ourselves as we give and give and give and give to other people that uh, we have to take care of ourselves at least equally to what we give to others. So I'm very much... um, want to emphasize that to keep the healers healthier than what they are. So um, that and uh, I am um, really teaching more, especially since COVID's over, I'm scheduled uh, all over the U.S. um, for 2024. So I'm tickled about that to get back on the road now. Oh. Yeah, to do live live in person classes. Yes. Are you primarily across the U.S. or where else do you go, if anywhere? Well, I've taught in uh, gosh, New Zealand, Australia, Europe, um, the U.K., where else? Canada and Mexico. Uh, so I've taught all just everywhere. This year I'm scheduled. Uh, two or three times in New York State and Chicago and Kansas City so far. Beautiful. Well, we have lots of listeners in every one of those places you just listed. Uh, oh, so good, good. Good to know for the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious, you mentioned about COVID and, and all that fun stuff. There was a lot of stuff. The very... Uh, different world in, in the last few years, a lot of mm. different energies and, and changes and um, mm-hmm. challenges uh, have gone, you know, on and could be going on <laughs> further in some ways. Yes. I'm curious what your your personal perception was of that period of time and those changes and, and where the planet's at kind of right now. Mm. Well, we're in, you know, quite a, an upheaval. And when there is a, uh, it's like a deconstruction has to happen before construction happens. And so some of it uh, seems very, very turbulent, you know, all these things going on. And there's such a great deal of, of fear going on. So once again, the brighter we can be, in this time of uh, all this conflict, um, I beg people, I, I help people to not identify themselves as empaths because empaths are very, very intuitive, but they tend to absorb and identify uh, the crises around them. And so what I would want for everybody to hear is, it really is time for those of us with light to be even brighter. It's like you showed me this beautiful golden yellow cross uh, in your energy field. And it's that brightness is what is key as we move forward and not to get caught up in, in the depths of, of the darkness. So it's a deconstruction of old institutions, old ways of thinking, and and to 
build something else. I'm not sure how mm. to put it, but yeah. Well, you mentioned empaths too. I mean, I I, I definitely relate to that challenge, and mm. I'm surprised I was that bright today when you took a peek because it's been very challenging. Um, probably normally mm-hmm. just a ball of light. <laughs> I just got a couple yes. of beams going. So. Yeah, well, uh, but they're they're yeah. real strong beams, though, from your heart. That's good. <laughs> that's yeah, that's terrain. good. <laughs> yeah, so I said you were tired, um, and, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it, um, that, that was, everything you said was validated, absolutely. Um, oh, bless your heart. But what, you know, since we have a couple minutes to the top here, um, literally, why don't we um, get you to, you know, whatever advice you can give for how to do that, for especially for empaths and anyone who's really being drained by this instead of uh, being able to turn up their light. Like, how do we not get drained and how do we turn up our light, especially mm-hmm. for, um, you know, that way, empathic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, like I said, empaths are uh, extremely intuitive and very, very, very sensitive. So uh, especially those who identify themselves as empaths, and I used to identify myself as one, um, we tend to, to identify with suffering, but then we actually merge with the suffering also. And if we merge with the suffering, it could be, we could be sitting in our own living room watching terrible things on the news. Uh, and if we merge with that, think about it, we've, we've just added to the suffering. And so I would ask people to pull their energy literally. All we have to do is think it and energy will follow our thoughts. We pull our energy back from what we're getting sucked into, pull our energy back, and then literally brighten up our own field. And um, one picture I would ask people to, to consider is it, it become uh, the brightest light bulb uh, that you can imagine, that you're literally so full of brightness from inside shining outward, just like a light bulb. When you turn it on, the light's in the center of the light bulb, and then it is so bright it shines outward in all directions. And that us being the brightest, brightest light of all is going to be more helpful because everything is energy, everything. Even what we see on TV, it's, it's energy is happening. And to be the brightest light and not get pulled into the darkness because all that does is add to the, to the heavy uh, negative energy and for us all to be the a bright, bright, bright light, first of all. And all we have to do is think it and the energy will actually follow. I love it when, um, yeah. when I love it when science and the ooh-wah-wah, you know, combine. Uh, so science is finding, too, that our thoughts are so powerful that it creates energy, but energy also follows our thoughts. And uh, so our thoughts are, are creating our illness or, or our health as well. Oh, so glad I asked. <laughs> what a perfect note oh, to a... end on. Uh-huh. 
Thank um, you. Yes, thank here's you. Where, here's what we've got. We've got a couple minutes just at the very tippy top here. We, our tradition is at the end of every show to do shameless self-promotion. So anything, <laughs> uh, any specific programs you've got going on and how to get a hold of you for them and whatever you'd like to mention, you've got some time to just let it rip. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. Hmm. Okay, uh, let me think about letting it rip. Um well, my website is very is very simple. It's just my name, TinaZion.com, Z-I-O-N, uh, so TinaZion.com. And on my website, uh, you'll see that I'll be teaching at Omega Institute in uh, New York State and also Fellowships of the Spirit in New York State. I'm teaching for Infinity uh, Foundation in Chicago. I'm hosted uh, by a wonderful woman named Tammy Barton in Kansas City. And uh, so those are all throughout this spring and in, uh, in the summer, I think. And gosh, um, you'll see the information about my books. Like I said, you Reiki people out there, uh, I have, if you've been wondering how to teach Reiki to other people, um, my Reiki teacher's manual will give you the guidelines about how to do that and what to do. And, and then um, the reason I wrote uh, Reiki in Your Intuition, my second Reiki book, is because so many people told me that their teachers said never include intuition in your Reiki, in your Reiki sessions. And I said, well, I don't know how you're going to keep it out. I said, that's how my medical intuition started. So I thought, well, I better write another book. So I wrote Reiki and Your Intuition and how to combine uh, those two together, uh, the energy of Reiki and, and intuition. And then my many people want to become medical intuitive uh, practitioners. So my two books, Become a Medical Intuitive and then Advanced Medical Intuition, are really, all of my books are teaching manuals. You know, I, I'm really not a, a writer. I just write whatever I teach in my live classes is what I write. So they're really teaching manuals. And then my last book is Be Your Own Medical Intuition, uh, Intuitive. Be Your Own Medical Intuitive. And I'm telling you, I have come across so many uh, intuitives, mediums, and medical intuitives that are struggling with their own health. And so that's why I wrote that book, uh, to help the healers heal themselves. We've got to take time to take care of ourselves equally. We don't have to take care of ourselves more, but at least equally to what, uh, we are caring for everybody else. And so, and like I said a little while ago, I'm also uh, working now on a mediumship book and how to um, do, you know, mediumship in uh, some new and different ways. Yay. Well, it was so great to get to know you today, Tina. I'm so excited about your next shows coming up on News for the Soul. And, and uh, yeah. The wonderful first start. Oh, bless your heart. Uh, Thank you so much. I've had a great time. Me too. Welcome to the News for the Soul family. And we'll talk to you uh, next time. Well, next month. (laughs) All righty. Thank you.
Tina, the Zone up at newsforthesoul.com. And we're back with more uh, Open Lines later today. is happening 3 p.m. Pacific time. We're back with more after this. the soul begins its 27th year in january 2024 find out our latest news at newsforthesoul.com <laughs> 